Thanks for joining us for another Family Life Today program brought to you Monday to Friday by Power to Change. I'm sure you'll hear something today that could give you a fresh perspective on your marriage or family situation. Be encouraged as we join Dave and Ann Wilson. So, some listener wrote into Family Life Today okay. to share their thoughts on our broadcast. And um, he had a question because you and I, and we were talking about praying together as a married couple, how important it is. And he said, where in the Bible does it say that a husband and wife should pray together? And what did you say? I said, my wife will tell you. So I'm throwing it to you. Uh, my thought was, well, <laughs> Paul says to pray without ceasing. There's a lot about prayer, but does it say anywhere that a husband and wife should pray together? You know, I don't know. I just know we, we've got two really smart people in the studio today <laughs> who I think can answer this question better than we can. They're laughing right now. But Michael and Melissa Kruger are in the studio from North Carolina. So welcome to Orlando and welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks so much. We're glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and you two have written a book together about prayer. So I figured, you know, if anybody can answer this question, oh, does one. the Bible actually say it? But the name of the book is Five Things to Pray for Your Spouse, Prayers That Change and Strengthen Your Marriage. In some sense, you look at your bio and you're like, you're the president of Reformed Theological Seminary. You're an author. Both of you are authors. You've written books. You're leaders in the Christian community. You're, a, you know, the leader of one of the best seminaries in the world. And, did I say that right? Yeah, sure, <laughs> absolutely. Number one in the world. I was going to say in, in say. Carolina yes. or Florida. <laughs> but, I mean, in some ways, people would think, you know, pastors or leaders, they don't struggle to pray, especially in their marriage like everybody else. Has this been something easy for you or something you struggled with? I think we're human just like mm-hmm. everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so taking the time to be still and just go before the Lord and ask the Lord to do what we cannot that is such a discipline for mm. everyone. And I think um, sometimes when you are used to getting things done yourself, mm. you think you can even get things done in your marriage. Like, oh, well, I don't need to pray about that. I, I just need to fix him or <laughs> him fix me. And sometimes we forget the most basic thing to pray for one another mm. faithfully over the long course of life. And it's just a hard discipline. And so what I love to do is help make hard things a little bit easier. Hmm. And so this for me is really helpful. And it's already been really providential because, to be honest, this has been kind of a hard week for us. And all of the prayers that I was on for him this week were um, from Psalm 121 on how the Lord is watching over him and that he will not let his foot stumble. And so I was praying those prayers that we had written months ago. So you took a psalm, Mm -hmm. but you wrote a prayer out of it for your spouse. Yes. And it's you write it word for word in the book. That's right. So every prayer in this book is a spring word from some scripture passage. Hmm. So it's helping us combine scripture, which we know, okay, these are good things to pray for our spouse. And then it gives us some words to make it, you know, applicable to our situation. Mm-hmm. And just this week, they were the perfect words I needed to pray. Oh, I want to hear about this week. You said it was a hard week. Oh, well, you that's a longer story, yeah. Yeah, I mean, our lives are just so busy and complicated, and there's a variety of things that 
you know, anybody in, in leadership struggles with. But, but you know, we just love having that prayer tool this week and really any week just to turn to and when we when we need it. And, and we love the scriptural focus of it. As Melissa was saying, it's sort of expositional prayers. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to, to just write out your prayers, but we're trying to use Scripture as the guide. And so each time you pray in our book, we give you a passage of Scripture, and then we break it into five things about your spouse you can pray for based on that passage of Scripture. And that's, that's the title of the book, Five Things to Pray. So they're all scriptural-based prayers, and that's, we love that. It keeps people in the Word um, as much mm. as it keeps them in prayer sort of combined. Melissa, have you ever gotten to this point? We try to pray before we go to sleep at night, mm. and I, I love that. We started our marriage doing that, but then we got in this pattern because we're so busy. We're exhausted with kids. Our lives are stressful, and Dave tends to fall asleep before I do, and so he'd fall asleep, and then I'd be mad because oh. we didn't pray, and so then I... my. I'd feel these eyeballs looking at me. <laughs> and then my anger would turn to resentment, and my next thought was, well, I see how important prayer is, you know, and he's supposed to lead spiritually. Come on, dude. And so I wouldn't even pray because I thought, that's his job. <laughs> and then I was so convicted. I thought, who wins in that situation? Nobody. Satan won because he's the one that would love us to not pray for our spouse. And so I remember I just started, if Dave fell asleep, I would just put my hand on his shoulder and I would just Mm. pray for him, thanking God for him out loud. Have you ever talked to women that get resentful if their husbands aren't leading in that way? Absolutely. I mean, I resonated with everything you said. I think if you're a woman who's kind of feeling that, maybe just saying, well, maybe this is what God's gifted me to do versus always expecting them to do every part of the spiritual leadership. In exactly. The and what I came to realize, if God put it on my heart, then do it and don't be resentful. Yeah. And Michael, is that a good thing for your marriage? I mean, did you like that Melissa's doing that or was it like, oh, no, it's it's wonderful. I mean, and she's right. In our earlier years, I think we had this sort of overly rigid view of roles in such a way that we we, we knew the husband should should be the, the leader and head of the home that, and that was that was fine and true and of course we still believe that but i think we'd had a very simplistic version of what that meant mm-hmm. that meant that every spiritual activity i had to initiate start finish and <laughs> and sort of run and she just sort of patiently sat waiting for me to do it all um and then and then when it didn't happen obviously she would say well you're just you're dropping the ball here and um and it i think our marriage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I, think, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And so um, I think we just began to sort of realize that, wait a second, marriage is more more dynamic than that. It's it's not so simplistic as that. And she was right about what she just said. Sometimes you, you can, it's fine just to pray for your spouse. Sometimes it's fine to initiate by putting prayer cards together. Say, hey, let's, let's do this every morning. And I think that also just releases the pressure valve a little bit. So you don't feel like it's all on one person. And so I, I, I've been so blessed to be married to her because she's just gracious and, and, and aware of these things and, and good for her not waiting on me because we'd probably still be waiting uh, after all these years. Well, one thing I've learned being married to someone actually in the ministry they bear that pressure every room they walk into. All the time. So every, you know, you go to the family Thanksgiving yep. dinner, guess who prays? Mm-hmm. Him. Yeah, every single room they walk in, they have expectations. So if in the home I can help in any way, why wouldn't I want to help? You know, because I, I do really feel for, for men in ministry because they're leading everywhere. Yeah. And so it's nice for home to be a place where we can come together and um, just try to serve one another in love versus me having all these unrealistic expectations for him. Go back to the prayer cards. 
talk about those. What are those? Yeah, I actually love these. We, um, it's, it's been the way to help our family pray together. So we meet every morning at the kitchen table, sometimes barely. This is every morning. Yeah. And you've got teenagers. We do. Right before school. Well, what we realized early on with parenting was kids do not know what's happening in any other home than yours. Mm. (laughs) We're like, they don't know that other families don't do this. So let's do it. They'll think it's normal. Everybody does this. This is what you do. you got to get up and And pray before school. To be honest, we've been doing it for so long, they've really never complained about it. They just sit down at the table, and each, each day... We pray for a different member of the family, and it's so nice just to say, hey, John, how can we pray for you today? Mm. And sometimes you get to hear things that you didn't know were going on, and so you get to hear that. And then we pray for a leader in our life. So it could be our pastors at church. It could be the school principals. It could be our bosses. It could be the government, you know, our, our things that the Bible tells us to pray for. We pray for a missionary family that we support every morning. And so those are just ways to even teach them about prayer through doing. And so it's just a simple way that we can check off all the people we've been wanting to pray for, but that you sometimes get overwhelmed. It's just a little bit each day. And so we pray for these. Why did you start that? How old were your kids? Well, it went in different phases. So the, the morning prayer time started when the kids got a little older before we went to school. But when they were younger, we did it at night. Okay. So I used to do sort of devotionals with the kids every night before bed because they all went to bed about the same time, mm. right? So at 8 p.m. or whatever it would be, we'd gather them together and right before bed do devotionals. And I was actually not involved. Yeah. You, That's when that, I got to go yeah, sit yeah, and have some peace and quiet. got to have a break, and I did that with the kids every night. But then, of course, as they aged and had activities and different things, the, the night thing wasn't working. So we shifted it to morning, um, and that's worked for fairly well. Um, they're there every morning. We know that, where they're not there every night, um, even though they're sleepy-eyed. Um, it's a good time to, to, to sit down. And here's the other thing we learned is that sometimes parents get excited about how we're going to implement these prayer times and devotional times in our family life, and they get a little overly ambitious. And they think, well, I'm going to have a 45-minute Bible study with my teenagers every morning and work through some systematic theology, and they're all going to, you know, leave leave home with some, you know, seminary-level education. I'm like, well, I appreciate shooting high for your goals, but there's also unrealistic goals that you realize you can't meet, and then you, you just stop doing it entirely. So our morning prayer time is not ambitious. You know, you're talking about 10 minutes of face-to-face prayer time for somebody before you get out the door. And it doesn't seem like much, but it does make a big difference. And I'm guessing you did it when they're really little, too. Mm-hmm. So they're probably crawling around. Mm-hmm. It's messy. Yeah. And a lot of parents give up in that moment. It's like, this is too hard to do. But you just plunge through. And mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. It yeah. just yeah. looks different, but it's still worth doing. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's the it's the memory that creates with the kids, even yeah. though any individual prayer moment may not be smooth and <laughs> you know and, and and all that you wished it would be. When they leave home, they, they still get this impression that my family prayed mm-hmm. together and it mattered to them, and they're going to take that value. It's interesting um, when our one of our sons went on a mission trip in college. Um, they just happened to be on the road and an ambulance went by and one of the students in the van said, hey, we should pray mm-hmm. for that whoever that um, ambulance is going to go work on. And so they prayed and somebody in the van said, wow, that was amazing that we just did that. And our son came home and said, what I realized was like, oh, that's not normal that we just pray all the time for anybody. It's kind of what you were saying, Melissa, is that that just was so normal. They didn't know that people didn't do that. And so I like that. It just it becomes a rhythm in your life, and this is what we do. Those are That's really good strategy. And, yeah, one of the things I've, you know, is we've been in marriage ministry for almost four decades now. 
a lot of couples, when you talk about, you know, something that would really help your marriage is to pray together, whether it be daily. We, we encourage daily. They look at you like they've never done it, and they don't understand why that would be beneficial. What do you think? Why does it help a marriage, or how does it help a marriage? Well, I mean, prayer is prayer is one of those very intimate things, isn't it? I mean, yeah. um, it doesn't mean you can't pray with your neighbor or pray with a stranger or pray with a friend at church, but it, there is something intimate about it that makes you vulnerable and makes you hopefully, you know, open and real about what's going on in your life. And in busy marriages, you know, couples need time where they hear from each other and share what's on their heart and times of intimacy. And it, it needs to be Intimacy is not just romantic intimacy. Intimacy is also just life intimacy. And in a busy life, you just don't have that. It, and it's not the same as sitting down over at dinner and having a date night, although that's important, too. You can talk about lots of things. But prayer, you just go, it, it, it zips right down onto the heart. Hmm. You have to immediately say, well, what can I pray for you about or what are you struggling with? And it opens up important doors in marriage. And I think that's just one of the things that makes prayer so important for, for marriages. It joins the two people together. Oh, and I'm sitting there thinking, this is why I love it so much. Yes. Because you're right. I get to know Dave. I hear his heart. I feel closer to him, intimate. And does that stop men because of that fear? Not that women are praying more than men, but... No, they might be. I mean, I don't think... I think it's, you know, a general rule to say men maybe generally struggle with intimacy more than women. So I don't think that's a surprise to anyone to hear. Um, And maybe men, you could argue, are less apt to open up and be more real, whereas women may be more apt to do that. And those, those, of course, are generalizations. But regardless of any particular person's personality, a couple needs to be able to join together in that way for sure. Hmm. Um, and prayer is just a way to do it. So, you know, when you think about what makes my marriage strong, well, you could say, you know, i got to romance my wife, date my wife, <laughs> you know, do things for my wife, give my wife gifts. Okay, those are all important categories. But prayer, people forget that can actually really yeah. enhance a relationship. And I, and I think there is somewhat of a fear. I know um, our listeners have heard us say this. I won't go into the details. But there was a moment in our marriage where Ann said to me, as a as a pastor and as her husband, I wish the man who led our church lived here. That was a Sunday night, 11 p.m. <laughs> comment, and when I and I got really mad. Michael, like, aren't you glad that you didn't hear that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I never. We're in bed, and I'm exhausted. I just preached all morning, and I sort of looked at her like, "What does that mean?" It was poor timing on my part. You had just done so much. Mm-hmm. But here's what I remember. Okay. That's why I brought it up. I remember one of the things you said. There were many. <laughs> one of them was the way you pray mm. and cast vision on the stage at church with passion and inspiration. Mm. It's inspiring. It feels like you don't, I think she said ever, but she probably said <laughs> you rarely bring that kind of prayer and vision into our home. Cause, so honestly, she was saying, man, that guy... It's like you're two different guys. And in some ways, it's what you said earlier, Melissa. It's like in ministry, yeah, that's what I do in every meeting, every room I walk in. That's sort of part of my role. I wanted a place to go, can I just let it down? But at the same time, when she said that, I thought, she deserves the best. Why wouldn't I bring that kind of energy? But part of me is like it's easier for me to stand on stage and pray publicly when I'm in a bedroom or a kitchen and it's just us or maybe even our family. It shouldn't be any harder, but... Sometimes it's like, uh, this is more intimate. Mm-hmm. You know what you're saying? And so sometimes, I don't know if it's just a man thing, but I think men and women. But definitely for me, it was like, I'm not going to be that. It, it takes more courage to be that intimate because prayer is an intimate thing to do mm-hmm. just 
quietly in my home. I wonder if wives should ask their husbands that. Yeah, and even just ask them to pray because I think sometimes, I hope I'm not speaking for you in this instance, sometimes I think while you know prayer is effective, you live like, oh, I should actually do something to help her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's actually... Because prayer is not the thing. Yes, yeah. the, but you feel yeah. responsible that maybe prayer isn't good enough. Like, yeah. you know, when we'll be discussing a problem. I can tell you want to fix it. Oh, you want to yeah. make it better for mm-hmm. me. And so one thing I, I would just encourage any men with with wives, it really does help if you just say, can we pray about this? Like that may make you feel like you're not doing enough, but I think to women that just makes us feel loved. But I think sometimes it's just a, it doesn't feel like enough. And yet it really, it's amazing what just sitting together and praying can do. How does that make a woman feel loved? I mean, I hear you. My wife said the same thing. I want to understand how does that compute? I think it's just this unselfish, I love you, and I'm going to go before the Lord of all the heavens and earth who can do something about this. And it's actually acknowledging maybe I can't, but God can. Mm. And so I'm going to, with you, hand in hand, seek him together and just pray that he would work the situation out. And I think even just the acknowledgement that we don't have the answers. In some ways, prayer does that. It says, yeah, I think of the king. Uh, it's it's. I can't remember which which book of the Bible it's in. I love when, the president of a seminary's <laughs> wife. Doesn't remember what book. That's you surprised so much we don't remember. My, my kids regularly make fun of me. They ask me a question I don't know the answer. And they're like, Dad, you're a professor. Don't you know? Aren't you omniscient? And I'm like, actually, no. No. I'm getting. That's more. great. You're human just like exactly. us. <laughs> but he says he looks at this horde coming to, to fight against them, and he says, "We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you." Mm-hmm. And I think all of us sometimes feel like we're facing circumstances circumstances that we really don't know how to deal with. But to take your wife by the hand and say, hey, I don't know what to do, but let's put our eyes on God. I mean, that that's there's a strength in that and a vulnerability that is so admirable. Mm -hmm. It makes me respect Dave all the more because I think, oh, he believes this prayer is working. He believes God hears. He believes God's going to move. And that makes me want to just be right there with him. If Dave has ever said, let's pray, I'm there. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm there. Yeah, she has never said no. <laughs> I think I think that highlights the difference between public prayer and private prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, both have their place and both matter. But private prayer is much harder to fake. Um, I mean, there, the private prayer requires genuineness and intimacy in a way you, you, you can sort of pull off a public prayer and no one really knows whether you mean it or not. But mm. look, when you pray with your kids, they can spot a fake a mile away. Yeah. Um, they're like, they got, isn't it true? Like teenagers yeah. particularly have like a six sense radar to pick <laughs> up like hypocrisy from like a hundred miles. So if you're not in it, they know your, your, your spouse knows. So praying together kind of breaks you out of that world a little bit where you can't get away with the upfront of it, you have to be real, and I think that's what brings the intimacy. Well, I'm wondering what it would look like for our country if we, <sighs> as spouses, were praying for each other. You know, I think that would switch and change because the culture is having such an impact, and fear is just bombarding us and anxiety. There's a lot of scary things going on in the world right now, and so to pray for our spouse, mm. I feel like that could change us as not only a family and a household, but a whole generation. Yeah. I mean, one of, one of the strategies we have with the book is prayer is worth doing in its own right, but 
praying with your spouse is a way to strengthen marriages. And I think we could all agree that the strengthening of a marriage is going to be a great way to bless the church. Yeah. So, you, you know, how do we make the church strong? Well, lots of ways. But one of the ways is to make marriages in the church strong. One of the ways of making marriages strong is to help people pray for their spouse. So it's this one little step that could have a ripple effect mm-hmm. uh, in, in the church in such a way that if you can strengthen these marriages across the board, you may have a healthier church in America and in the world in a way that it really can make a difference. And so I think that's the strategy here is praying in in couples because it it really does change the marriage. So I'm wondering, Melissa, will you model this for us? Will you pray for Michael (laughs) of kind of it'll give us an example because some people are like, I've never even seen this. Mm. I didn't grow up with this. What's this look like and sound like? Yeah, I would love to. Let's pray. Okay. Father, I thank you. Um, that I can come before you. Um, I thank you that you welcome us to your throne room of grace and that you say we can come boldly because you are merciful. So I thank you that um, I can come and pray for Mike. And Lord, I do pray. I pray um, the words of Psalm 121 that he would know that you are a God who does not sleep that you neither slumber nor sleep, and that you are watching over him in love each day. And Lord, I pray that you would keep his feet from falling, that you would keep him from stumbling, that you would allow him to walk, um, walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. Lord, I pray that you would do that for him. And Lord, I just also pray that you would protect him and keep him safe um, from troubles and from hardships that when they come, he would lean more into you and trust you in all things. Lord, I thank you that um, we can bring all of our requests before you. And Lord, I pray for him today. And I just pray for all of us as we are wives and husbands and we seek to love our spouses. Make us prayerful people. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication, and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you want to learn how to use marriage to transform your community? Consider joining with us to help build marriage ministry movements where lives are transformed through the gospel. For more information or to get started today, email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website under helping couples at families.powertochange.org.au. We hope you can join us tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today.